Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast. My name is Danielle Jackson Dresser. And I'm Gwen Reyes. This is a podcast where we talk about what we're reading, watching, and listening to. This week, we're talking about our own writing process and how the media and entertainment business portrays writers, the publishing industry, and bookstores. We also have a wonderful chat with bestselling author Naima Simone, who has a ton of great books to check out. We also go over our goals from last week, set new ones, and show what's been bringing us some comfort lately. Everything in me not to clap when you said Naima's name. I'm so excited for our listeners listen to her in her she's the best i don't even know what else to say before we get to that and our vibe check we have some very fun news because we have an official podcast email account it's been a long time coming <laughs> <laughs> but if you have an idea even oh, though yeah. it's i'm ridiculous like mm-hmm. uh i i love my birthday but it as i've gotten older i have big exciting food adventures planned so that's, that's my vibe. great yeah. yeah what about you how are you feeling Good. It's a it. So this week, this past week, we're recording on September 12th. And all of last week, I participated in this writing challenge called 20K in five days, which is exactly what it sounds like. You write 20,000 words in five days. It's slightly <laughs> insane. Um, it's run by really awesome author, Tasha L. Harrison, who has this really great, she's created this really cool community of writers. She only opens it up a few times throughout the year. So you have to sign up for her newsletter. If, if you're a writer and you are looking for a community, this is really amazing, but you have to sign up for Tasha's newsletter. So I am literally making a note to put her newsletter link in our show notes. Every person in the group is someone who wants to be a writer. Mm -hmm. They're at different stages in the publishing process. There are people who have been published before traditionally, both traditionally and self-published. There are people who are, have agents and are out querying. There are people who literally just like, oh, I saw this on Twitter and I signed up today. So I guess I'm starting this today. You know, (laughs) it's a really, and it's a really fun group. Everyone is really encouraging. There are Zoom write-ins. There are, or you don't have to do it. Like I don't really, I'm very solitary when it comes to my writing, which we'll talk about. I did do it. I wrote I just threw away the post-it note that had my word count, but I did. I wrote, I wrote over 20,000 in five days and, and I've come to this weird realization, which, and I'm, it's going to, I'm going to say it and people are going to be like, you know, okay. But I have come to the, ter- come to terms with the fact that I'm a fast writer. Girl, get it. I believe <laughs> so, that you are really quick. I'm a fast writer. I don't, I don't know what else to do now, but I do also re- heavily revise. Mm-hmm. But I think like I've gotten to the point where I can first drafts I know are not going to be do that perfect. Fa- you can do that fast draft. So I can just like get it out and then really buckle down and do the work. So, but yeah, yeah. that's, that is how I'm, I'm feeling very accomplished. I think good with that. Yeah. I want and some I've, of that energy. Send that to me. I love it. Oh, <laughs> it's really, it was, it was fun. It was really good. You know, I like prepped my family. I was like, okay, I'm going to be in the office a lot. I'm going to be writing a lot please don't bother me at all. And they, for the most part, were pretty, there were a couple of days where I was like, get out, just please leave. (laughs) Stop coming in here. I know I haven't seen you that much, but it's fun. I think, you know, they, we do the 20 K in five days. I think we do it quarterly. So Mm -hmm. it's not like, you know, it's not like every month we're doing this. So you kind of spread it out and it gives you time to prep and and the whole thing. So yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Cool. And I like (laughs) that it's like September because then it gets you sort of, it's like a little um, practice run for NaNoWriMo in November. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 I agree. I think that it's really cool. Tasha's really great. I mean, she's, if you are a writer of any sort, she's an awesome person to follow um, on Twitter and Instagram. She's just, she's full of a wealth of knowledge and, and she created this whole community and system. Thank yeah. you for sharing that with us. That's of so course. cool. So yeah. do you feel like um, the fact that you wrote more than uh 20 K in five days was your achievement this week? No, I have something else. Ooh, okay. Let me hear it. What is- <laughs> this is a carryover though, from maybe like a week or two, like over Labor Day weekend, I sat down and published my author website. Mm-hmm. That is what I like. I really feel like that's a big achievement. So daniellejacksonbooks.com is now live. I have a newsletter. I'm not going to send it out to anyone very I already signed up. I oh my god. I expect my welcome Ooh. letter. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't even have that. See, that's the thing. Like I don't even have like a well. I know you're supposed to send that, but I don't 
I don't want to. Like whenever I get the go ahead to do a cover reveal, I'll probably share it there first, which will hopefully incentivize people to sign up. I don't know. Now I'm just brainstorming. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But yeah, so I'll, I'll I will chat with you about it. Yeah, I'll link I'll link to that in show notes as well. What have you achieved this week? Oh man. Um okay, so this week I achieved um it's kind of part of my goal, mm-hmm. but um I put together my desk. Ooh, yay. And um yeah, that was my big achievement. I know that sounds really silly. My workspace is really complete. It's a good feeling when you have like your space Mm-hmm. like complete or close to complete it's yeah the other desk really allegedly will be here today mm. um so by the time this goes up I'll have two desks and a chair put together that um awesome. I, I'll say that I have put together myself but Cliff really put it together <laughs> I love it yeah thousand <laughs> yeah right you were there for moral support mm-hmm. that's important yep. um good job Cliff this week we're talking about writing in a very broad sense, I put it in, in the outline, I put writing and writing at large in entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, but I thought we could start off with talking about how we both approach writing, both personally, professionally, and aspirationally, which I don't, is aspirationally a word? It's Apparently, like, according to word, it's not, but I believe it is. I think so. it's a word. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So talk about your approach to writing and then kind of how it's evolved. A bit. Okay. So this is ridiculous, but I felt like I really needed to tell the story. When I was in like late middle school, early high school, maybe in that range, a woman at our book club, because my mom has been doing this book club tea thing since 1995. She read my tea leaves and told me that I would write books one day. And I have like thought about that a lot. And I don't know if she's going to turn out to be correct or anything, but it's just one of those little flames that has stuck with me. And I, I've been obsessed with journaling and writing since I was little, uh, whenever I was anxious or needed to be entertained, my parents would always just throw like, um, that ream of paper that was connected that you put in like a DOS printer Yeah, would just like throw that at me with like a pen or a marker. And then I would just sit in the backseat and write all day. Yeah. Like, I wasn't a draw. I'm not a good artist. I'm nowhere near, but my creativity has always been in like bending a story, being able to like be persuasive. Yeah. And those are things that you learn sitting in the backseat of a car, having to entertain yourself because no one wants to talk to you. <laughs> or like my, my favorite was always like, you know, you should go write about that. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't want to hear about this anymore. You should go write about that. <laughs> that is 100% something your mom would say. I mm-hmm. love that so much. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because like, it took me a long time. I always was like, that's so mean and rude. And then I was like, oh, I guess I could go write about that. Yeah. Uh, right. And like, yeah. So that led from, from journaling, led into bad poetry in my teens, because of course, of, um, of all, of angst, all of us, you know, yeah. you have to learn how to write a song. Um, so I did songwriting <laughs> for a little while that led to writing scripts in college, which I really loved, but it was very, very hard. Like I love dialogue, but it's, um, it's something I think I'll probably pick up again, but, uh, I found that to be, to be able to be the creative part in the, the not speaking sections mm-hmm. was very challenging in a way that is not the same in writing a novel, like mm. being able to stretch the scenes. And I don't know, it's a little bit different in novel writing versus yeah. writing. I wrote my first book at 30 and it's time, I guess, for a second one. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And that's kind of where that's sort of my writing journey. Um, But right now I just, I try to write every day and it's not necessarily anything creative. It's just to get the monkeys out of my head. My mentors was Rachel Kane and we would write every Thursday, Mm -hmm. every Thursday morning together. Um, And so I kind of try to keep that alive of like, yeah, find one day where you can get up at 5am and write because she could write. She was fast. Like that was a cool thing too, being around people who are fast writers because Mm -hmm. you learn just to get it out. Like, it doesn't matter what yeah. the words are, like, just get it on the paper. You can fix mm-hmm. it later, but it, you can't fix something that's not there. And so exactly. being around people, like being around people like Rachel Kane and Candace Havens, who are so focused on just get the words on the paper and write it down. Mm-hmm. You can't stop yourself from writing. Not, and not everyone, but a lot of people who are inclined to write have similar starting points where, you know, it is just kind of like, well, just write, you know, I think a lot of it starts with journal, like writing in a journal Mm -hmm. or a diary or whatever you want to call it. You know, I just remember getting 
every birthday I got so many notebooks because people just knew people knew I was writing them in something, you know, writing something down, whatever it was, definitely went through a poetry phase. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that. Do you still have your poetry (laughs) journals? I think mine are still at my parents' house somewhere. I have some, you know what I, most of what I have though was in from like creative writing in college when, and then it's like, some of those aren't terrible because, but I think it's because you had like a professor being like, no, like do this better. When I was thinking about like my process and approach to writing, like I immediately went to like the idea that a lot of people in the writing community talk about, like, are you a plotter or are you a panster? So are you someone who plots heavily or are you someone who writes by the seat of your pants? Henceforth Mm -hmm. the word panster. I'm a plotter. Like I'm the type, I think I've said this, I plot my books within an inch of their life. Like it gets to the point where it's like, okay, stop plotting and just write the book. Like, you know, you clearly know what's happening. So just go with it. And that's not to say my plots don't change. Like I definitely will pivot and change things around. And I've always been interested in books. I think my parents' favorite thing to tell people is that we would be five minutes from our house and they would be like, tell us how to get home. And I'd be like, (laughs) I don't know where we are because I was... Even if we were going literally, you know, five minutes away, like I brought a book with me, you brought a book. Yeah. You're like, I don't know, you know, anymore. and that's just, and that's just what, and I've always been that way. I mean, I'm sure my husband probably would say the same thing. Like it would take me, I would have to like, think about like, where are we? And I'd have to like, think about where I was so I could get us home. I love that. So <laughs> in the outline, I'm looking at this as like, really, there was just nothing else I like more than reading. And I think that's still really true. Yeah. I think that's um, really true. And then I I knew I wanted to work in publishing and I didn't, I did do an internship at a magazine for this really cool, very feminist magazine called Venus scene in Chicago. And they no longer exist, but they were really awesome. And I had a lot of fun there, but I was like, I don't think I like it though. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't adhere to like magazine publishing, but I knew I had known about sort I knew source books was in the suburbs of Chicago, which is where I was living. And it was like, the more I worked with books, the more I just wanted to sit down and write one. But I do think I needed to be out of publishing for a while before I could have written the book that I wrote. I was just so close to it. And like, and I think I can't remember if I told this story, but like when I first started working in publishing, I like stopped reading for a while because like, the magic of books went away Yeah, <laughs> because I was like, oh no, there are real people who write these books and there are yeah. real people who like on a whim will change a title or will change a cover or, you know, or like, or we're going to not going to publish this book because a book buyer doesn't want to buy it, you yeah, know, or it yeah, way. it was, it mm. was something that I had, I had to really like work through that, like for like the first two or three years that I worked at source books. And I then I'm, I don't think I'm like saying anything. Like, I think a lot of people, I know I've talked to people at source books who felt the same way and other people in publishing who, you know, like when you really, especially it was like, it was my first job out of college. Like a lot of people in publishing, I think have to like, readjust how they approach their own reading because it it changes in fact like on we had Jenny Conway who is a editor at St. Martin's she's actually my friend Melanie Johnson's editor and we had her on the boozy book broads in July and I'll I'll link to that um in show notes because it was a really good discussion and I asked her just point blank I was like do you read for fun Mm -hmm. I was like, what do you read for fun? And she was like, I don't (laughs) like, she just said like, she doesn't read like when she's reading, even if it's not one of her author's books, she still kind of looks at things under an editorial. Mm -hmm. It's just what she does now. And she's just figured that out, which is, so that's really interesting. So I think there are so many different ways. I mean, writing means so much to everyone writing Mm -hmm. and reading means so much to a lot of people and they, but they all mean very different things. And I think that that's, that's important to remember. I think that's important to remember even as an author, like I, like I can, I'm going to talk all day, probably the closer we get to my book about how like my book's not for everyone. And I don't expect it to be for everyone, but it's still gonna be really annoying when like I inevitably come across a negative review, Yeah, you know, but I, but I, I think I'm also sort of prepared for that. Yeah. So we'll, we'll deal with that. When it happens, maybe we should do write-ins or something. I'd like that. Fun or like little Mm -hmm. critique groups or something. I would be down for that. Yeah, you have to read about young adult witches. I mean, (laughs) 
What that's else the series do I, I want, have to finish, finish right what now? What else do I want to read about? Please. That's all I want to read about. All I want to read about is all of the witch books, which we are going to talk about on an upcoming episode. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm here for it. I'm here for all of the witch books. So <laughs> let me have it. Okay. So let's move on and talk about the good and bad portrayals. And, you know, we're, we're doing this pretty broadly, but writers include and publishing and even bookstores mm-hmm. in entertainment. So why don't you go first? Sure. Yeah. So I, I loved this because I love the, the challenge of getting to find good and bad because yeah. I feel like there's nothing a writer loves more. And as we all know, a script comes from a writer. And so yep. these are from scripts. Um, nothing a writer loves more than talking about being a writer and write the writing process. And so there are tons <laughs> of movies about that. Um, one of the more recent, I guess it's not super recent, but one of the most recent ones I can think of is um, Melissa McCarthy's uh, can you ever forgive, can you ever forgive me? Which I thought was such, um, a wild ride, such a great Mm -hmm. performance from her. And she, uh, does a really great job of showing like the seediness of New York city writing in the eighties. And I, I loved that. I thought it was really a really great, uh, adaptation of the book. Then on the other side, and, um, you have Lena Dunham in girls, which (laughs) I think, yes, as much as we want to say, you know, she's awful and terrible. That show was very, um, it was a tentpole show and did oh, yeah. do a really great job of showcasing just how horrible our generation is at talking. Yeah. About so I love, but I love girls. I love her, her own process. And that was, um, mm-hmm. a real journey. Then you've got Ruby Sparks, which is about a man who creates his perfect, uh, a writer who is trying to finish his book and he creates the perfect girlfriend. And he writes her into real life and yeah. then he uh, changes her when she doesn't do what he wants her to do. And so it's just, yeah, it was a, it's a great, really weird film with uh, Paul Dano and yeah. uh, Zoe Kazan. Uh-huh. Then we've got Almost Famous. I think that's a really, really oh, great one about the such a good movie. young adult with Charlize Theron, where mm-hmm. she is a horrible young, writer, young adult writer who's trying to write <laughs> her new book and she goes home to her uh, her hometown and just wreaks havoc. I love it so much. But then on the other side, we've got movies that drive me absolutely crazy. Happy. Thank you more, please. Which was Josh <laughs> Radner where he, yeah. there's a scene in it where he gets called in Danielle. He gets called in by the publisher, by the editor of the house that he's trying. He doesn't even have a, 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 a book with them yet. Yeah. To be told, no, they're not going to publish what? the book. Thank you. No, it's, they don't do that. They send you, even if they, if they send you anything, they send you an email. This man yeah. got walked into the office of the main editor No, and was no. told, no, we're not going to publish your book. Like, like <laughs> no, I, I'm still mad about that 10 years yeah. later. Like Josh Radner is not a writer because of that. I'm like, no, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought that like, of course the writing process can be super sexy. Mm-hmm. You, um, movies like Quills and Anonymous are, uh, both yeah. one is about, the Marquette Assad, and then the other one, Anonymous, is about is a loose. They're both very loose yeah. imaginings of them writing. Yeah. Um, but Anonymous is William Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, but it's very. They're both very good mm-hmm. and very sexy. Um, I also love to kind of piggyback off of um, Almost Famous. Poetic Justice is a really yeah. great one about um, writing process and writing poetry and music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also loved at the same time um, How to Make an American Quilt with uh, Winona Ryder, which was also yeah. a 90s female women's melodrama about a uh, woman who's finding every distraction in the world to keep her from writing her <laughs> dissertation that <Yeah>. summer. <laughs> and Maya Angelou's like, no, 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 go write. Go write your book. Right. And then of course, finally, we cannot forget our girl of total disaster and chaos, Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have a conversation about writing on television or movies without yeah. mentioning. That. I didn't even think about <laughs> Sex and the City, which is hilarious considering whatever this reboot is that's coming. And it's funny because, I mean, she did the voiceover, you know, it's like, and I just had to wonder whatever she used to say. And it's like, you almost forget she's a writer yeah. <laughs> on that show. Yeah. Even though like so much of the plot of that show is about yeah. Carrie's like writing her books, her mm-hmm. movies, her, it, yeah. But you yeah. do forget about it because she's such a disaster. Yeah. Um, Ruby Sparks made me think of Stranger Than Fiction, the movie yes. with Will Ferrell and Maggie Gyllenhaal. And in it, Emma Thompson is a writer and her character 
comes to life and it's Will Ferrell in a, in a very like not funny role. Like it's, it's actually like a movie. I really like a lot. I love that movie too. I thought about talking about that one too. I'm glad you brought it up. Cause I, yeah. like, I couldn't remember the plot of it. And I was like, I'm mm-hmm. super loving it so much. Yeah. It was super, it was really good though. So for mine, I thought we should just like talk about uh-huh. every early 2000s rom-com yep (laughs) (laughs) because they all and they but what was interesting is that they were all about journalists like suddenly journalism was the career we all needed how to lose a guy in 10 days never been kissed which is like so problematic when you really think about I know such a good movie but I mean recognize your problematic faves it can still be a fave but you know it's wrong yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think how to lose a guy in 10 days though, I think was like kind of the seminal one, like where, you know, she was like being not forced, but like, you know, she was given this assignment, the devil wears Prada, which was really fun, you know, trying to figure out what was real and what wasn't about what was going on at Vogue 13 going on 30. That's another magazine one. The proposal was one, you know, with Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Um, where she was like actually at a publisher, which I thought was really interesting. Yep. You've got mail is like, I think the bookstore, the one when I, when uh, I was thinking, oh, we should include bookstores because of you've got mail. Yeah. I was like, uh, you got mail. And then I saw your, in there. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't need to say anything. Do you know what? I have to admit, I don't love you've got mail. I like, I will watch it, but I don't like, I, I've seen it like once or twice and I'm like, I'm fine. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> It's another one of those problematic faves because you're like, if you start picking apart any of the threads yeah, in this plot, I think it's just yeah, because he knows almost the whole time, and I'm just like so much control. It's I don't worse. love that. Yeah, um, and then I do want to I want to talk about Trainwreck with Amy Schumer because that one really takes this journalism idea and like flips it, and okay. Tilda Swinton in that movie is perfect as like the editor, the cr- like crazy editor in charge. Yes. She's so funny. Um, and then, and, but then in, in the end, it's just, it's a really cute movie, but I do want to say, I think none of these movies would exist without romancing the stone with Kathleen Turner as the Joan Wilder, because, you know, and, and I love this though, because she's a romance author and, you know, and, and gets caught up in this like caper and this adventure. And, and it's so fun. I haven't watched that movie in a really long time. Me I should either. watch that. Yeah. So good. Um, and then I do want to give a plug for the, this upcoming movie. I can't remember when it's coming out, but the lost city of D with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, which is about a romance author who gets stuck in the jungle with one of her cover models. And love it. Yeah. Like the, like two or three photos that they've shown from the set look amazing. So I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, and then quick shout outs to TV, which is the, I, the bold type, which I think I watched maybe the first season of and it was fine, but it's kind of set at, I think, I believe it's a magazine younger, which is actually a pretty good portrayal of like publishing at large. Like there are a little few things where you're just like, no, you, you can't just call Oprah to, you know, <laughs> get in her book club, but you know, that's not how it worked. And then I thought 30 rock was fun for like really getting inside of like a TV writer's room. Um, and I think very specific to like sketch comedy. I think, I think I thought that was always really fun. I have to say, so one time back when I was a publicist, we went to 30 Rock to meet with the Today Show. Cool. And you do, you, you go like down in the basement and it looks just like the set of 30 Rock. Like I was like waiting for Kenneth to come out as a page, like the pages <laughs> like do like dress like that. Mm-hmm. And like, it's bright and white like that. And there are all these rooms along the side. Like it was, I was like, I was like, where are we right now? (laughs) This is wild. Yeah. Okay. So I have like, okay. I did a couple of things. I loved this because I wanted to, I'm not, so I'm not going to go through all of these books, Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go through the ones that I've actually read. Um, and then I'm, but I will put like a full list. So I put out a call on Twitter because I, of course I was like thinking about this and I always, you know, I love to shout out books and stuff but I was like having one of those like brain fart moments. I was like, what, what are the books about romance? Like what romance books or books in general that are about writers? Like, and I was like, just could not come up with anything. The one that I did think of was seven days in June. And I think by Tia Williams. And I think I just thought of it because it just came out. It came out like a few months ago and it's excellent. That is about two authors. One of them is kind of like a, like a twilight esque 
off like paranormal YA author and she's hugely successful. And then the guy in the book, he's like kind of a literary darling, but everyone's like waiting for his next book. And they are at a lit festival and they're kind of like going back and forth. And you're like, what's going on here? Like, are they into each other? Are they not into each other? But turns out they actually like, I think like 10 years ago had like seven days in the month of June where they, they hung out for a week and, and it was kind of, yeah. And, and so, and then it turns out like through their work, they've kind of, kind of been communicating to each other through their books. Like, yeah, it was, it was really good. I mean, it, I will say it's, it's a lot heavier than how it sounds like there is like, if people have it sounds heavy, so yeah, like kind of, there's like drug use and, you know, just like lots of anxiety and depression and stuff. So like go in knowing that, but it ultimately is a very uplifting read. I really liked it on Twitter. And I just said, tell me your favorite books about writers. And I got some really great responses. So I'm going to go through a few of those Lee Kramer. I have to give the biggest shout out to, because she just came with like this list. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. One is the widow of Rose house by Diana Biller. I think we've said this a million times. Diana Biller is going to be a guest on the show, but the the heroine in that book is writing. She's like, it's Gilded Age, New York. She's writing a renovation book about like how to remodel your house. And that's kind of, she's remodeling this old house and there's a ghost, this whole thing. Um, (laughs) then the original sinner series, which I have not read every single book in this, but it's by Tiffany Rice. The first, the first main book is the siren, but there have been many like prequels and novellas and things that happen in chronological order before the siren, but that's about an erotica writer. And then the first book, her very controlling editor go deep by Rilsey Adams is it's about an erotica writer with writer's block. And that is an erotic romance. So I that you can figure out how she works that out. Mm. And then the rake ass by Scarlett Peckham is it's about a fallen woman who is writing her memoirs and she may or may not expose like all of the secrets of everyone in high society. And then undone by the ex con by Talia Hibbert, who's uh, one of our earliest guests on the podcast, but she, in this book, she writes about a former con con man who writes about what he did in his past life and he's a best-selling author and he gets kind of paired up with the prima ballerina. Um, then there are a whole bunch more. I'm just looking at Lee's list. I mean, there are just so many, Oh, one I do want to call out, but I have not read, but I have read other books by Holly Trent, but writing her in is a polyamorous romance, which we don't talk about a ton. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's about a romance who gets involved with an already married couple. So that's really good. And then my next list of recommendations came from Teresa Romaine, who is a really fabulous historical romance author. Um, she said, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't think of this book, but Beach Read by Emily Henry. I mean, that was the book, what, last summer or the summer before where that's all everyone talked about, yep. but it's two writers on vacation and they challenge each other to write in their respective genres. Um, she also suggested a couple more that I'm going to read through, but I have not read these, but it's unclaimed by Courtney Milan and the hero is writing is famous for writing a guide to chastity for gentlemen. And he's a virgin hero, which doesn't happen a lot in historical romance. Mm-hmm. And then Maya Rodell. So I had to look into this, but she wrote two series. One, it was called like the bad boys. And I think they're all billionaires. I can't remember though. And then one called the wallflower series, but in the bad boy series, it's present set in the present day. And it's about an author who's a historical romance author and she writes the wallflower series. So they're like the books from that series, which is really fun. And then Eva Lee. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's, I'm, I was like looking at the descriptions and I was like, these sound great. So I think I'm gonna have to read those. And then Eva Lee also wrote the wicked quills of London. So there's one, like one, she's a playwright one. I think she's an erotica author. And then one is a gossip columnist. I believe someone can correct me though, if I'm wrong, but they, those also look like a lot of fun. Um, and then two more that are really short, John Keogh on Twitter suggested the Hobbit by J.R.L. Tolkien. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, cause that the Hobbit is there and back again. That's what Bilbo was writing. So I yeah. was like, that's a great one. And then thanks for the the venom. I don't know <laughs> That's their Twitter <laughs> handle. Um, but they suggested secret window, secret garden, which is a short story by Stephen King. And it's about an author 
who I believe has some success. And then someone's like, no, that's my, you stole my story. And they kind of have to figure out what's going on there. You know, it's Stephen King. So I'm sure it's super creepy. Thank you everyone who submitted because these are really great. And like I said, Lee Kramer gave me like a ton more. So I'm going to fill up the show notes. Thanks Lee for doing the work. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Made my job easy. All right. Well guys, we're going to take a short break and then we'll come back for our interview with Naima Simone. Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast, Naima. We are so happy to have you here. I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> I really am. Good. We yeah, we're we are thrilled to have you here. So, like I was saying just a couple of minutes ago before we started recording, you have roughly a million books coming out the rest of this year. Like a million um, and one. I'm gonna need you to, like you have to be accurate. <laughs> yes, a million and one. You know, you've got category romance with Harlequin, single title with HQN, novellas, more I'm probably forgetting. So Gwen and I are both writers professionally and for fun. And we want to know all your secrets. How do you keep track of things? What's a typical day like for you? Tell us everything. A day for me looks like, um, well, I'm under deadline right now. So I'm Mm -hmm. up at six right after I take the dog out. And I'm up writing for the rest of the day. But usually from like eight to about 9.30, I check social media and emails, reply to that. And then from 10 to about five, I'm writing. I have a writing partner in crime and we do writing challenges all day, like one hour writing challenges. And it helps, yeah, it it really helps to keep me um, focused Mm -hmm. and honest and uh, accountable. So I don't go meandering down the rose path, you know, and I always hit a thousand, like, especially when I'm starting a book, I definitely don't hit a thousand, but um, it really helps me get the word count in. And so, and it helps me write for seven hours a day. So that's what I, from 10 to five, I really um, try to a focus writing. And then after that, I say hi to the family. And, you know, and then um, if I have anything else I need to do, like, you know, graphics or take care of anything pressing, then I do that. And then I try to have some me time before I crash (laughs) (laughs) all over. (laughs) So that that's what I that's usually what a typical day looks like for me. That is, I mean, that's like dedication. I mean, like, like you were saying, like, you know, just like sitting down and getting the words out and everything. But so I'm wondering, like, what, what do you do if you want to share? Like, what do you do during your meantime? Like, what is your self-care like? Oh, self-care. What is that? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, honestly, I'm just going to be really honest. I have a real problem with self-care and it's, it's mm-hmm. not good. Like I, I really try hard to get that in because I know, um, I know what burnout feels like mm-hmm. I've had in the past and it, you know, it takes its form for me and writer's block. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you know, I just let, lost my mom recently, you know, a few months ago. And so that's really taken its form as far as in my creativity and really hurting it. So mm-hmm. um you know, I'm pressing through on that, but so self-care lately has really looked like reading for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It just feeds me. It just feeds my, my spirit. And before when I've experienced, um, you know, just readers, I mean, writer's block books have always been that go-to place for me, just really losing myself in somebody else's story. It excites me. It sparks my creativity it's really, and I know um, peop, there are some people who hate that word escape, mm-hmm. but I don't find that word bad at all. I think right. that's what romance books for me were created for. You know, it allows us to um, really lose ourselves in a world, especially when this world is sometimes so pressing and mm-hmm. so crazy and sometimes depressing you know allows us to go to a place where there's joy and there's healing and 
there's, you know, the character still has problems and they have issues, but we're guaranteed to see them overcome that when in real life, that's not always guaranteed. And so when I can go to a place where I know that these characters are going to at the end of 300 pages, um, mm -hmm. I take such joy in that. And so I've always been able to count on that. So books have always been my refuge. They are now, they have been in the past. So that's my self-care. That and naps, I am the champion napper. Oh, okay. <laughs> now we got to discuss naps because I Don't love a good nap me. I'm conversation. Yeah, my three favorite things in life are sleeping, eating, and napping in that order. Oh my God, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of nap do you like? Do you like a 20 minute power nap? Or are you more like a three hour short sleep sort of person? Oh, no, no, no hour like the the 20 minute I don't even do that that's enough to just make me angry I just what I like the three hour nap yes <laughs> I'd like that's the kind of I don't even understand people who can do like the 20 minute so-called yeah. cat nap that mm -hmm. just makes me pissed off I mm -hmm. want three hours I'm feeling like rejuvenated like I want to wake up feeling like I just took a really good Benadryl that's what yes. I want to wake up like <laughs> I love yeah. it and I relate so hard to that. <laughs> I always call them like, I need a full cycle of REM. So yes, okay. yes, yes. <laughs> in my nap, or if I have a 20 minute, it's just a lay down. It's a lay down and think for a little bit. Right. I'm plotting. If I do that, like I'm just laying there, giving like, what's the old saying? I'm resting my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Something. But I'm not hitting when sleep. Like, no. Mm -mm. no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Naima, you know, so Danielle mentioned both you, you are writing both category romances and Harlequin Desires and single title for HQN. Um, you've yeah. already told us that you are a very busy woman. Do you approach writing these differently? It's funny because The Road the Road's Been was actually like my first like real single title. And mm -hmm. I thought I could approach it the same way that I did like my category length books. I found out that I could not. <laughs> I found out very <laughs> quickly that I could not. Right. And um, I kind of had like this moment of real fear, like, oh my God, am I going to be able to do this? Mm -hmm. And, and so I, I just kind of had to recalibrate, like, okay, uh, this is what um, I had to go back to kind of like the drawing board for me, which was get my notebook out, really write down everything that I needed to happen. And before I knew it, I had a handwritten Full plot of the book and that awesome. really helped me calm down mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and look at and like look at it that point of view and with um and I do plot my categories as well but going through almost really chapter by chapter and sometimes scene by scene helped me to just really focus on this bigger book with mm -hmm cast more side characters a bigger world and you know more word count so um it, it just really helps me to focus and just, like calm my fears and my nerves and to really just really dive into the book I, I did have to approach it differently well and you um you also write pretty much only contemporary romance at this point do you think you'll ever branch out beyond that genre do you want to hear more Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes please absolutely I want to hear a story <laughs> so I uh, actually I do have some romantic suspense books and, mm -hmm. and I did enjoy writing it because um I absolutely adore all the crime shows on tv like I do every I fall asleep to ID discovery so oh my gosh. I watch it all the time it's like my lullaby so. <laughs> I love you so much we're like sisters in crime it's so wonderful <laughs> This, it's just my thing like it's my go-to thing yeah. and so I did I enjoyed but I you know switched to contemporary romance because I just it's just in my wheelhouse but before all that I did write a couple of paranormal romance books because I love paranormal romance but apparently <laughs> reader it <laughs> <laughs> Um, the sales and so yeah <laughs> I was like well I might need to just rotate on back to you know contemporary romance which I did. 
I mean, I feel like paranormal and like kind of fantasy, magical, real, all of that stuff. I feel like, you know, they always say publishing is a cycle. I feel like we are on the cusp of a big paranormal resurgence. So I'm here for it because Mm -hmm. I love it, have always loved it. Mm -hmm. Just Right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Y'all didn't want it from me. I ain't bitter. That's awesome. Okay. So going back to contemporary, I want to chat a little bit about Secrets of a One Night Stand, which is the second book in your Billionaires of Boston series. It comes out on August 24th. I want to know what you find so intriguing about like the uber wealthy. And also what do you think it about that brings readers in? Like what makes readers gravitate towards very messy rich people? <laughs> I First of all, I watch it. I'm like a reality TV hoe. Like I say that with pride. Like <laughs> we all know a lot of reality TV gravitates around messy rich folk. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a whole genre of television about messy rich folk. Yes. So we know that it sells. Right. So, like for me, like what I write is more of I, like first, first of all, um, with millionaires I think like the fascination for me is well one who doesn't like a guy that can own that can buy an island I mean I don't know (laughs) (laughs) and own can just buy anything at the drop (laughs) like okay there's something kind of hot about that you know even though uh there aren't that many around in real life just like you know in historical like historical romance dukes are like everywhere but in like actual history Mm -hmm. yeah there aren't that many right (laughs) so like same thing with billionaire there's just something about that that's Mm -hmm. just kind of hot you know but (laughs) for me it's like the flip side of writing someone who seems to have it all can Mm -hmm. have it all with just like you know a pop of his finger but the truth is underneath he's seriously lacking something. Mm-hmm. There it's the family bond, trust, mm-hmm. friendships, um, emotional security. Um, what he's, he's lacking something that for the rest of us makes our lives happy and whole. Mm-hmm. And, but he doesn't have it. And he finds someone who makes him whole that no amount of money has ever been able to buy him. Right, and so right. there's something really fascinating about that for me, which is why I always write like almost a broken kind of hero, you know, broken kind of billionaire. And in um, Secrets of a One Night Stand with Achilles, he's like this reluctant millionaire. You know, he's not from money and he's suddenly brought into this world of wealth and he wants nothing to do with it. Like he suddenly mm-hmm. finds out He's this heir to this, this like kingdom sort of like this, you know, corporation and this wealthy kingdom of finance. And he absolutely wants nothing to do with it. He wants nothing to do with the society, with the people. He likes his brothers, even though, you know, he doesn't like people. He's coming to like his brothers, but, you know, he's just biding his time for this year and until he can go home, until he can, you know, go back home and then resume his life as like pretty much a hermit, you know, that's how he likes his life. And so he's really, when you look at it, really kind of a broken hero. And there are reasons why with his past and every, there are a lot of things in his past. And so I just enjoy writing heroes like that, who seem to have everything. It seems like they should be happy because they have the world at their fingertips but really they're not because right. the things that truly, truly makes life 
enjoyable and happy and whole and satisfying. Absolutely. Well, and on the flip side, you have the Rose Bend series, which you've mentioned previously, um, set in a small town. Um, it's very different than the uh, affluent, rich world of billionaires and millionaires and all of that <laughs> sphere. Um, did you base uh, Rose Bend on any real place? I've always been a Thomas Kincaid, like, fanatic. Mm -hmm. Like, every we used to go, my husband and I used to go to um, Gatlinburg, Tennessee for our anniversary. And there's this Thomas Kincaid gallery there. And I don't care how often we went, <laughs> I had to go to that gallery because it was like my happy place. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. Walking through, seeing all of his paintings. And then of course, on my computer, I always had his painting as my wallpaper. So when I had the opportunity to write a small town, I'm like, Thomas Kincaid that's what my small <laughs> town is going to look like <laughs> I love it yeah so I totally based it on that you <laughs> know there's so not there's like you know sexy shenanigans going on here so don't let the <laughs> that was what was uh making all the smoke in the in the chimney right the, right the stuff. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Um, well, what are some essential things that you have to put in your small town setting that you think is, uh, is necessary for any small town romance? For any small town, and mind you, I've read a lot, even though this is my first small town series, mm -hmm. I've read a ton of them because I, I just love it, I, the genre. Um, just that sense of community there. Mm -hmm. There's just um, this sense of people in everybody's business and this sense of you know we're all for one another and even when you have those characters in in the small town who are either like bullies or mean girls or, or just plain horrible for the most part the people in the small town care for each other and have each other's backs then you have the characters who are in the small towns who who make them unique themselves and like you can have um, the, the matriarch or the patriarch, you can have the town drunk, you can have the town busybody, mm -hmm. um, like, you know, the Gladys Cross, you know, town, you know, it's just like those characters that might be in every single book that you come to know and love, like the owner of the diner, you know, something like that, that you look forward to seeing in every single book because they make up the fabric of that town. So I think that's definitely unique to small town romance you mm -hmm. know so it's just that that sense of family and community and the the characters that make up the fabric of it I love that I think I that's one I really like small town as well and I think that 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 really does make a difference like you can just and you can tell usually that the author's also like are they know that they have to put that in there and so they yeah. really you make the extra effort and and you're right even though you know there 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 are a couple of characters in the Rose Bend series that you're kind of like why are you here why are you so terrible yeah. but also there's also usually at least one other person who's like well no like yes this character is terrible but they have their reasons, you know, yeah. and, and I really liked that because yeah, there, I mean, I think, you know, what character I'm thinking of and yeah, I do. <laughs> she's like, pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but there's always like a friend, like her friend, she's got a friend that like, is kind of like, well, you know, she has reasons for how she is. So yeah. I am excited to see kind of her evolution too. So anyway, that you are. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm glad. Um, You're so, and I hope you stick around or care enough to find out. <laughs> I will. No, you know, you know, Naima, I'm going to read everything you put out. One thing I've noticed and I love about whether it's with your millionaires and billionaires or it's in the small town is that your romance novels are so diverse. As a woman of color, I completely appreciate that. I love seeing people on the page who may or may not look like me. I think it's great. Um, you know, and, and it's everyone, it's not, you know, your towns, their businesses, they are fully fleshed out. They are flawed. They get a chance at a ha happily ever after. So I just, I want to know more, like kind of what is your approach to this aspect of your novels? I just want to make it seem normal. You mm -hmm. know, I, I want to normalize race. I want to normalize everything that's different that 
especially the world we live in where people make it seem like exotic or different or I want to normalize those things should be normal in our mm -hmm. world and so in my books I want to make it seem I want to make it how it should be in real life you know why shouldn't why should um the owner of the cafe why should it be a big deal that she's black why right why wouldn't she be like that's my question why wouldn't she be or you know the 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 book that i just turned in um one of the contestants in the beauty pageant they just found out you know that she's pregnant it's a same-sex couple why wouldn't they be you know mm -hmm. things like that like those things should be normal in our society so why wouldn't they be normal in the book that reflects the world that we live in mm -hmm. and so that's what I strive to do is to not is to just have it reflect a society that we wished we lived in we lived in so yeah. I go out of my way to to do that I try to be intentional about it mm -hmm. but not like hit you over the head with it in the right book. I love that so much so yeah thank you mm -hmm. um yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think romance does so well is that it just has, it normalizes things. It has conversations that are hard for people. And I think that it's just so easy to just fall in love with them, you know? Yeah. I, it's one thing I love too. Like one, it's one of the reasons I absolutely fell in love with Nalini Singh as an author, mm -hmm. because I think she did it so wonderfully mm -hmm. for so many years that even before diversity became a huge conversation, she was already doing it. Because I remember one of the first books that I read was, you know, of hers was the Psy Changeling series. Mm -hmm. and she was already doing it. Tw like what, mm -hmm. 20 years 20 ago? 20 years, yeah. yeah. All the, the, the uh, members of that pack, like Lucas's pack, they were already so diverse. And she would just do it like it wasn't nothing. Like just describing them was, okay, wait, what you mean? Okay, brown skin, like, Mm -hmm. you're like okay wait that means they're brown people wait like she did it so seamlessly mm -hmm. that you had to go back and reread because you're just like wait I know I read what I read but she didn't make it a big deal they they were just who they were yeah so it was just and they worked so well together that society worked so well together and the the things that were that made them so that they clashed in their society it wasn't race well it was race but it was more species related yeah. not the color of their skin and i loved how she did that. and it really influenced me as a writer like that's i want to write my books like she normalized skin color she normalized how people appear she normalized re like religion mm -hmm. she normalized all of that in her societies in her the worlds that she built and that's why she's such a fantastic author to me absolutely oh love night I love her love okay <laughs> well switching gears a little bit uh something we take very seriously on our podcast is uh what brings us comfort and what brings us joy um you you shared some of your self your self-care tips but I'm curious to know what has been bringing you joy lately Oh, okay. Let's see. Um, I have a new dog. Oh, and even though I have had to, we've had, you know, some back and forth about housebreaking. Um, <laughs> I just absolutely love him. Like I adore him. I love his, like, he gives me side eye and he gives the best side eye. Like I just <laughs> have to giggle because his side eye game is the absolute best. Mm, his name is Thorin, which is like, oh, and I didn't even name him. Like, I'm like, so, you know, it's like, oh, I love you. Mm -hmm. And so he's been bringing me joy lately. Like, again, the books I've been reading have been bringing me joy mm -hmm. lately. I have Peacock Channel and um, Slasher season four just premiered on Shudder. That is bringing <laughs> absolute joy because I have been waiting two years for season four. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like ecstatic over that so yeah it's been good lately <laughs> I've been getting some things to bring me some real happiness lately love it after <laughs> films and a dog <laughs> that's the dream man you know yeah. horror movies and a cute puppy to snugs up with 
Right. Like, where can we go wrong? Oh, mm-hmm. and Dr. Death on Peacock. Heck yeah. Yeah. So good. Josh, what's, what's his name? Josh, Josh Jackson. He was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That was so good. Oh yeah. And so was Alec Baldwin. Like he, mm-hmm. I was waiting for him to bust out in the joke for like the first two episodes. But then I was like, he's doing a fantastic job being serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Uh, that's amazing. Um, so before we really, we start to wrap up, I want to know what can readers expect from you next? Well, of course, Secrets of a One Night Stand. And then like a week later, <laughs> September 1st, is the novella, the Rosebud novella, A Kiss to Remember. And then in October, I think it's the 26th, mm-hmm. is um, the second book in uh, the Rosebud series, which is, a, uh, what's name, A Kiss <laughs> No, not that. Uh, Christmas, <laughs> Christmas in Rosebud. Yep. Then in December is the third book in the Billionaire, uh, Billionaires of Boston ser- uh, series, which is The Perfect Fake Date. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. nice title. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you have so like, many. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I was like, I said that, like I was trying to be dramatic when actually I was like, that's the title, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that is the best title. <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, is So is, is 2022 going to be as wild of a release schedule year or are you kind of taking a little bit of a break? Like what's going on there? I, I, you know what? I have no idea right now. <laughs> I know the third book, there's a, another novella mm-hmm. and there's a third novella and a third book in the Rosebud series are coming out in early 2002. Okay. And then I have my, um, Montlake, my first Montlake book is coming out in oh, 2002. Yeah, yeah cool. I know that's coming in 2022. Other than that, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't, I kind of don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the perfect time also. Tell, I'm, I'm stealing this question from Gwen, but this is the perfect way. Just tell everyone where they can find you so we can keep and check oh, yes. and find out what, what, when these books are coming out. Yeah, do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course you can find my website, uh, Um, on Facebook at Naima Simone author. Mm-hmm. And I'm on Instagram at Naima Simone author. So find me at those places and I promise I'll have updates. <laughs> Right. Oh, and of course you can join my newsletter. Yes. You can join, join that at my website. So yeah. We will link to all of those in our show notes. Be sure will. How awesome and amazing and beautiful and spectacular is Naima Simone. I want to be Naima when I grow up. <laughs> that's, that's my goal. Be yeah, Naima can Simone. we put that as our goal this week? <laughs> yeah. Be Naima Simone. <laughs> Perpetual goal. Uh, okay, so like, let now speaking of goals, let's move on to our goals. So last episode, you said you wanted to buy and put together two new desks, and yep. yep. I, so I did buy and put together. Well, I put together one new desk, yes. and the other one is on its way. Yeah, but it was so okay. So this was really fun. Like, I picked out this green desk that mm. is like colorful and it yeah. kind of looks like you know how all those kitchens are like blue and green and stuff yeah now? it looks like that sort of paint and shade and stuff and mm-hmm. I'm like I'm not gonna have the green kitchen but I'm definitely gonna have a green desk for my for my guest room so mm-hmm. when my mom comes to visit in a couple of weeks she will have a nice workspace in her guest room Amazing. where she'll be able to work um yeah I'm, I'm really excited I haven't put it together yet so I don't know how happy I will be with it in the end but yeah the other desk I love Great. That's amazing. Yeah. What about you? You had, yeah. How is your, your closet of shame coming? Yeah, no, I haven't even looked at it. I'm okay, going to be real upfront. I don't care. 
Um, I've decided I'm just like, you know what? It's going to be a mess. I know I'm going to compromise because I do want to at least kind of clear off the floor in the closet because that I was looking at that. I was like, this is just junk. Like I could probably just throw all, not even like look at it, just throw it away or don't put in a donate box. Um, but also because this is the closet, not even where like my daughter knows this is where we keep like Christmas gifts, but it's not just her Christmas gifts. Like it's every, like everyone's gifts that we buy and that we either have to send or that we will see people like my Mm in-laws and my parents it's where they go and it just I was like we need the space because I yeah we need the space for it so I I love that I think I think that just sort of focusing on getting a little bit off the floor is a great plan Mm -hmm. because that makes all of the rest of it seem tackable you know tackable yeah yeah but I also I'm just gonna leave the rest of it alone yeah that's good (laughs) just I'm over it That's what I would just say to you every time I walk by it. I'm over you closet. Get out of here. No, I don't care. Um, (laughs) One day it's going to be a problem. Like one day it will really be a problem. Like right now it's like, everything is there. It's fine. But like, I feel like, yeah, at some point I will have to do it, but it's not, it's not right now. Yeah, that's like, fine. Yeah. It's a future. That's for future Danielle to worry about. Sure. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Um, what is your goal for this week? <laughs> so um something I've been thinking a lot about, like having moved across halfway across the country, like um, it's very important to stay connected with friends and yeah. like I'm figuring out ways of doing that. One of the things I want to do is like write cards or send little gifts from where I live to my friends. Yeah. So that's something I'm gonna put a little focus into this these next two weeks is just like sending cards or Seattle-based treats to people. So look out. (laughs) I'm so excited. No. And then, and it's like, you're like, you know, doing so much because you're supporting local Mm -hmm. and you're connecting with people you care about. That's yeah. Like, like I found a new tea shop that now I'm like obsessed with sharing with people. So yeah. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, cool. What about you? What are you, uh, what's your new goal this week? So my new goal is, I don't know when, I don't know when this started, but it's happened recently. I I usually am really good about reading before I go to bed. And I don't know, suddenly I just feel like I'm just on my phone, like scrolling through Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or any, anything, or like looking through like the news app, like who looks at the news app on their iPhone? Me, <laughs> <do>. apparently. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's just and like, nothing changes it, on it, but I'm still exactly. looking at it. Right. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know what you need to, I need to be better about reading before I go to bed. So that's my goal for this week. I love that. That is great. Yeah. It's hard too, because like trying to find either a new website or a new book to read, it's like, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just, I don't know what I'm in the mood for, especially not before bed or I don't want to start right. something when I just want to go to sleep. Yeah. And that is, you know what? And that's the other thing. Maybe sometimes I just need to just go to sleep, not even like look at a phone or a Kindle or even a book. I was thinking, I was thinking maybe I need to try reading a print book and not an ebook. Um, I mean, I do, I have a Kindle, Kindle Oasis. I don't have like a, it's not like my iPad or something. Um, so I'm not, so it is just the reading device, but yeah. I'm thinking maybe I just need to not be on a screen. Yeah. Give it a try. I'm going to try Pick one of those books, um, from Lee's selection that you have. An That's idea. a good idea. Yeah. I should order it and, and do that. That's a good idea. Okay. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's, uh, you know, um, as for, I'm just sitting here thinking about reading in bed, which is like my favorite place in the entire world. I love, I love reading in bed. I love watching TV in bed. Mm -hmm. Um, It's definitely something that brings me a lot of comfort. Yes, Um, for sure. mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Do you have anything that's bringing you comfort? this week? I do. And I, I, you've seen it on screen. No one else can see it, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to put the top on it. So I don't like have an accident. Um, Oh goodness. So I got, (laughs) I got this really cute swell water bottle it's so cute it's by so it's the the company out of print they do like i don't know if you can see it gwen but it has the little out of print x swell (laughs) so it's out of print and they do like bookish gear like t-shirt they do a lot of t-shirts they do like totes and socks and all the cute stuff and so they paired up with swell the water the very expensive water bottle company They they are quite precious um and made these water they've made they made them i think they've been out for a while but they, I got like a targeted ad, of course, because of course I would get like bookish targeted ads mm. and, but it was like this water bottle for like 40 something or 40 or 50 something percent off. And I was oh, like, yeah, that's a lie. Like, I was like, this isn't right. You know? So I clicked on it and they got me 
And I was like, no. So it was like on sale. So I'm going to link to it as of today. They are still available. Yes. You can get a swell water bottle for over half off. Yeah. That's so amazing. I have since I like bought one. Hopefully she's not listening. I bought one for my daughter's teacher for Christmas. I bought a great, there was a great Gatsby one that I'm getting. Oh, I may order some more just for Christmas. Like, I'm just like, this is, it's such a good deal. Like yeah. it's outrageous. And I love a deal. So yeah, I'm definitely, I will link to it. I hope they're still available, but I've, I've been telling everyone about it. So I don't know, maybe they're not, I love that. <laughs> but yeah, it's really awesome. Um, and I mean, out of print is just, I think they're a really cool company and yeah. And I love, and I, it's like, it looks like an old school black and white composition notebook. So it's like my new favorite thing. And I've been drinking like way more water. I'm like, I have to use this. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was going to say is that like, as you and I have always talked about our struggles with drinking the amount of water that our bodies require, it's like, Mm -hmm. sometimes you need a fun new water bottle to really spice it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So what about you? What are you doing for comfort Uh, this week or what has brought you comfort yeah yeah so I um I got to go on a little Penzi's spices shopping spree um over the weekend which was Mm -hmm. so much fun I went in with like a a list of four of course I just needed like four things and I Mm -hmm. walked out with like a basket of stuff um and I was like oh I gotta get this spice and then this one so $75 later I'm now just like (laughs) concocting all of these like weird Thai stews or like a Berber Ethiopian chicken dish. Like I'm just, I'm ready. So I'll be, maybe I'll share a recipe. Um, when I put this up, I'll say what I've been working on. Yeah, that is fun. I, I love spices. I do too. (laughs) And I love having like, I mean, we had a Penzi's in Dallas, but I never went. Um, Mm -hmm. it's a, a brand that I am late to discover. I've only known about them for yeah. like two years. And so now that I have one and we had to make like a trip for it, it's like, oh, we got to go to Linwood. Got to mm-hmm. go to the, to the spice place to get my spices. But my I... favorite is the Fox point. I think it's just the most delicious Ooh. all-purpose spice. Nice. That is great. I, yeah, we used, we lived in Oak Park, Illinois for a while. It's famous for the Frank Lloyd Wright uh, home and studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why I said that, but anyway, they, there was a Penzi's and it was like, but it's like, if you were, you were like three blocks away from it and you could smell it. Smell it was it. just, it was so good. Yeah. It's great. It makes it nice with masks now. Like it's, it's impossible to smell. Mm, <laughs> that is a good point. Interesting. Yeah. I like this. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I can't wait to hear what you use your spices for. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go shopping <laughs> today. So we'll see what, what weird concoctions Yum. I come up with. Yes. I love it. Well, Gwen. I think we're at the end. I know it's the saddest um, part when we have to say I goodbye. Know. But as always, everyone, you can follow us on all the socials. You can follow Fresh Fiction at Fresh Fiction. You can follow me at D Jackson Books. And don't forget, go to my website, sign up for my my newsletter, DanielleJacksonBooks.com. <laughs> <laughs> and where can everyone follow you, Bun? You can find me at Real Vixen. Um, and then you, uh, yeah, you can find me at Real Vixen on, on Twitter and on Instagram. Nice. And then don't forget, email us. We want to hear from people. We're nosy. We want to know what you're reading. We want to know what you're watching. Anything. Um, Just tell us about yourself, please. Yeah. Tell us. We want to, we want to get to know our listeners. Please subscribe and follow, rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. 